0: Hello, and welcome to episode 143 of the Nintendo Jump podcast. We are a weekly discussion podcast created for Nintendo gamers by Nintendo gamers. It's March 25th, I'm Kellen, and today I'm joined by my good friend Sergio. How you doing?
1: Hey Kellen, I'm doing pretty... Uh, delicious. Delicious, I... yeah! I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's a good feeling, man. You gotta embrace it. You gotta be proud of your deliciousness when you when you have it.
0: you know i feel like i'm really starting to pick up on your scale and kind of understanding how you're feeling so uh that's what i feel like (laughs) we're finally getting there and you know what i'm really glad that you're here not just because you're a good friend and i like recording podcasts with you but that also means you aren't online terrorizing people with your pikachu so (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah if anyone's listening thursdays at like eight o'clock what i mean mountain standard time just start playing smash online because sergio won't be there to just crush your soul <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh boy
0: yeah so i'm also joined today by my good friend kevin what's up man What's up, man <laughs> nice.
2: big shot and
0: nice
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: lieutenant surge
2: um <laughs> haven't done that in a while <laughs> no i'm doing i'm doing pretty sweet i'm feeling very sweet um Ooh. not the cutesy type but just like the dessert you know because <laughs> like i i haven't had any desserts today uh typically i would have like one mm. right and it would be well it would have been a chestnut kit kat but i ran out so oh. i would have gone that for you Surge. but i will next time <laughs> but yeah i mean no i'm doing yeah just doing feeling pretty sweet that's my deliciousness
1: level of the day yeah that's a thing now <laughs> okay great but i thought it was interesting like you don't have a dessert but you, you kind of make up for it by becoming the sweetness
2: just mm. uh, uh, <laughs> right? got, got pretty cheesy real quick <laughs> No, 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 I, I I, see what you mean, yeah, no, I'm Look, man, I, you know, there's no such thing as Sweet Thursday, but if there is, we're making it up right now Sweet Thursday <laughs> um, But, but, Kellen, how are you doing, man?
0: I'm doing pretty good, it's actually a Reggie's birthday today, so just got done wishing oh. him well Oh I assume you guys didn't forget, right? Uh, no Uh <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty believable. I'll let you sign my card, I guess. Jeez.
2: Wait, wait, wait. Happy birthday, Reggie. Hope you have the best birthday ever. Yeah, Reggie. I'm sure
0: he's listening right now, so I'm sure he'd appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he,
2: yeah. I mean, the game stops here. You know what I'm saying? I mean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, dear. Can we just no, start uh, over? I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. Um, oh, no. you know what? You guys, I realized something. And this is this was like a pretty big revelation when I figured it out. You know, this podcast is so good that even some of the hosts decide to leave in order to just become listeners. Oh. Oh. How's that for a fact?
0: It's pretty good. I think I might join them. See you guys. (laughs) All
2: right. See you in Rocket League.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, this intro's dragged on a little bit, but that was clever. Mm -hmm. So, getting into the meat of the show, now that we've gone through our introductions we have some news to go over. We are also going to be discussing some RPGs because as a community we're going through, we're playing RPGs, role-playing games this month and then discussing our experience. And then we're also gonna look back at this last year with the Switch because as we all know, we just celebrated it turning four. And so we just kind of wanted to do a bit of a retrospective look back, talk about some of the great games that came out and some of the experiences that we had. So we're gonna have a pretty packed show today. So, uh, speaking of Rocket League that you guys had mentioned, did you see <laughs> that that new mobile game's coming out? Like, I thought mobile gaming was kind of dead, but they just announced a 2D mobile Rocket League game. Have you guys seen much on that? I watched the video seven times, and every <laughs>
2: time I watched it, I wanted it more. And I'm like, yo, I got my Android device. I'm ready to go. I want to play it right here, right now. And I got to say, this looks really cool. And... I mean, 2D Rocket League, If when when I watched the video, it seems like it's going to be more... Uh, it, it might be easier to get into because depending on how they...
1: Right, 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 right. You know,
2: it, you know they use the mechanics of, of how you swipe your car and how you do aerials. It seems like aerials will be a lot easier to do. Uh, but I think it would be very awesome. And there was a basketball mode. Y'all saw that. There was a basketball <laughs> one. I'm going to do that for sure. But yeah, my only fear is that you know, when you see the goal, it's pretty big. And right. I'm just wondering, would would it be like a high-scoring game each time? Like like are, are we going to see like 10 to 12 or like 25 to 0? <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't happen. I mean, I mean, I want to be on the other side, the, the 25 side, but you know, like is it going to be what do you guys think? It seems like a very it's going to be very fast paced. Right? Like.
1: I think it it could be. Maybe they they are also planning different goal sizes depending on the mode. Or like a difficulty, maybe? Mm -hmm. Or they could even be working on different ways that you could be better or faster at blocking.
0: Ah. I was a little bit apprehensive at first when I first saw that Rocket League was going mobile because I've never been great at playing mobile games. And when I do, it's like tapping on menus or just making decisions instead of like actively trying to navigate a car to hit a ball into a goal. And so I was a little nervous on how that would um, kind of translate to playing on like a mobile device. Right. but overall from what i've seen it looks pretty impressive it seems like they've really taken their time on this before presenting it and i think it's just one of those things where we'll just have to download it play it and then understand from there because it's just going to be like this crazy hands-on experience to really experience rocket league in a way that we've never been able to before
1: right and do, do you know if it's free free to play it is okay that yes. makes sense.
0: I'm hoping you can just play whenever instead of having to wait for like your energy bar to refill or whatever uh, the new mobile gotcha type thing is. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, overall free download.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes in 2D because with 3D or because I'm, I'm thinking well, it's 2D. So the strategy is gonna be a lot different, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm thinking that there's gonna be a lot more aerials. There's gonna be because 3D is just like a lot more ground game. you are gonna see a lot more cars on the ground. And I mean, we've been we have played Rocket League for a long time and. And Kellen, I mean, you're good at Rocket League, so I'm pretty sure you'll naturally uh, transition pretty well to this mobile game. But, I mean, I can see what you mean, though. There there are, I mean, just from this, from first impressions, there are, like, noticeable differences. I, I'm i mm-hmm. excited. Sign me up. You know, I want to try it. And I do have one concern about, like, the... Like, say, if you were to play on Wi-Fi or 4G LTE or 5G, if you have it, like, would the, would the lag be really bad? I mean, they have to... Uh. Take that into consideration, right? Because you point out mobile, you there's only so many resources that you can tap into, and as the developer, uh, I do know that there are certain phones, certain tablets that people could use. That it may the performance of Rocket League on mobile could vary from device to device. So oh, right, right. It'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how it does, especially on Android, because Android, um, not to get too much into the weeds, but Android has, like, so many different sizes of devices and so many brands, whereas for iOS or Apple, uh, it's pretty pretty uniform on on that level. So, yeah, I mean, see how it goes. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say I'm excited. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm definitely going to try it out. Uh, you know, at the very least, it's going to generate more interest and more players of the regular Rocket League. So I think, in a way, maybe that's their approach, and I think it's going to work.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I'm kinda curious how the numbers are gonna stack up against, you know, other great mobile games like Pokemon Unite. So we'll yeah. just have to wait and see, I you know. Very <laughs> good. Kevin's like never gonna touch his Switch ever again when that drops. So
2: uh, yes. And you know what? I'm gonna have my buddy Surge playing with me, right? We're gonna be we're gonna be winning, we're gonna be owning, you're gonna be Pikachu, and just like terrorizing the field all day every day you know i mean because we're all united in, in the pokemon world and i'm sure that's a song somewhere but i'm not gonna sing it
0: <laughs> yeah i doubt it but yeah. yeah anyway continuing on with another piece of mobile gaming news i swear we are a nintendo discussion podcast not a mobile gaming podcast <laughs> but they are coming out with a mobile pikmin game which is that was a headline what what do you guys think of that i thought i thought i misread pokemon for a second but it's an yeah. actual pikmin mobile game like on your phone so what do you guys think can we eat all of them like is there like an option where you <laughs> i can- mean gotta catch them all gotta eat them all i yeah, don't know
2: i mean <laughs> i'm interested in the one that tastes like barbecue chicken no 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 i mean look, i i think it's a good idea i i feel that it may not get the same appeal as pokemon but i think that the idea if it's executed well i think it will be just as good as pokemon go if not better but we'll just have to see because pikmin in terms of popularity in terms of like you know i mean because obviously pokemon is such a huge franchise but with pikmin i think they might have to market it a little better in order to
1: captivate more of an audience so right and mm-hmm. in, in- kind of like we said for Rocket League, like I think this one is even more geared towards introducing people to what actually is Pikmin. You know, mm. this is like a, a little diversion, um, not too much of a game, more like an app, and then you figure oh, okay, well, this these are Pikmin, they have games, and hopefully this is, what I really want is a collaboration between Nintendo, Pikmin, and Tic Tacs, because that just makes sense.
2: <laughs> Yo, shout out to Tic Tacs. I'm a big fan of the orange ones. <laughs>
0: yes surge yeah what i'm kind of curious about i'm i didn't look as deeply into this game as i did the rocket league one because that just interests me more but Mm. aren't they using a lot of the technology that they used in like the pokemon go type game for pikmin right and it's Mm -hmm.
1: i mean i don't did they show any trailers for, for Pikmin? I, I didn't watch it, but like my first thought is, Pikmin are so small, I don't know how the VR or AR thing is going to work. But I mean, if they're doing it, it <laughs> probably works well enough.
0: Yeah, it's interesting timing too to release a game like this because I think people are still a little hesitant to go outside a lot. Right, and this game right. seems to require that. But maybe it'll drop at a time where people are more willing to go outside and are more like eager to after being inside for a year Mm -hmm. so i could see this really either being a boom or bust and i know it definitely doesn't have the appeal like pokemon does like kevin had mentioned but i think it's got potential and obviously nintendo um nintendo gamers have like a strong loyalty to the brand and will support anything that they do i've downloaded their their other mobile games and i haven't spent a lot of time with them but i've at least tried them out And so I think it'll be the same for uh, this Pikmin game with a lot of different people.
2: That's a really good point. And granted that, well, given that we live in the United States of America, excuse me, the United States of America, and we are slated to have a good good number of us get the vaccine later on this year, I think it makes more sense to release it in Q3 or Q4, especially Q4.
1: Right.
2: When hopefully all of us are vaccinated by that time, which has been uh, the message And I don't think the Pikmin will be that small. I'm sure it will be like a, you know, a decent Pokemon size. I don't know what I'm saying, but like, you know, a a good size where you can see it, but it's not too big, but still represents what a Pikmin is. And Hmm. yeah, I mean, coming from my own experience as as a Pokemon Go player uh, for a bajillion hours, I think that I will be trying this, even though uh, I'll be... (laughs) Eating the Pikmin. Excuse me. I will be playing with the Pikmin, oh, and it will be fun. I mean, because like for me, like I played the demo of Pikmin three, um, and it, you know it was, it was cool. I, I played it. I enjoyed it. But it left a good taste. It left a good. It left a good lasting taste. <laughs> no, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get banned. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I I think it's gonna be a good opportunity. But it has to. The timing is so key. It has to release yeah. later this yeah. year. Because if you release it now, it's too dangerous. People are not going to be in tune with it. And they do release it now. They have to figure out a way to make it more, uh, excuse me, COVID-19 friendly, where you can stay at home and right. maybe walk around your, the comforts of your own house and go from there. So.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's enough for the mobile gaming news for this week. Getting into <laughs> our last news item and... Possibly the biggest one. I know that Pikmin mobile game is pretty hard to compete against. Um, (laughs) There was a recently approved Joy-Con patent, but it was filed back in 2018. So there's some speculation here that shows a different design for a Joy-Con. And the biggest revisions on it are there's a traditional D-pad above the analog stick. And the stick is now more of like a circle like it was on the 3DS. Mm -hmm. So a pretty significant redesign. Do you guys believe this goes hand-in-hand with rumors of a new Switch Pro, per se? Or do you believe this is just coming out now and was a possible um, Joy-Con option when they were kind of releasing the Switch? Or do you think this is just a new optional Joy-Con that you could buy separately and doesn't necessarily mean a new Switch model?
1: I think it hints uh, mostly at the Switch Pro, because I think if Nintendo wanted to do a Joy-Con with the D-pad, they would have been the first ones to do so, and they would have been a while ago. Now there's a lot of third-party options out there. So I think that ship has sailed if they even thought about it. So I think this could be either the Joy-Con for the new Switch Pro or an option for it. like a It might have different type of Joy-Con.
2: I have to agree because, yeah, they would have released this a lot sooner, but yeah, I mean... And even look, I'm looking at the the, the image right now uh, from comicbook.com. They have there's an article about it, and it it makes a lot of sense. I I do want it right now. <laughs> I would love to have it <laughs> in my hands, but yeah, I I think this would be for in conjunction with the Nintendo Switch Pro that will be coming out sometime later, hopefully later this year. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, yeah. I mean, I'm knocking on wood, but yeah, I uh,
0: we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Yeah, what do you guys think of the design if you looked at kind of the pictures from the patent? Everyone's talking about the D-pad, but personally I really liked the circle pad replacing the stick that kind of sticks out. Because like the PSP had that and I owned a PSP and it was nice because I feel like that helped combat drift a bit. Because whenever I take my switch and put it in the case that I have, I feel like the sticks still protrude. And so I'm nervous that that's going to like ruin the sticks or cause them to drift a little bit. But when it's like flatter to the actual controller, I feel like there's less interference with it. And obviously that's been one of the biggest critiques with the Joy-Cons is the drift. So I wonder if this is like their way of combating it. I don't know if this was just an idea that they had, you know, three years ago that's surfacing now, which is a very real possibility. But I kind of dig the design. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I I like it too. And what I'm thinking is maybe there's going to be Uh, different options for the Joy-Con on the maybe even on the regular switch it could be this one with the d-pad in the sort of circle pad looking joystick and then the more traditional Joy-Con with just buttons in a a regular joystick so yeah it it could it could offer different I mean it it would work for whatever game you're playing whatever you prefer if you like the regular joystick or more of a circle pad experience like on the 3ds and then you also get the d-pad
2: Yeah, I'm just a little concerned about the circle, the flattened circle uh, pad, because it depends on how stiff or loose it is, and like how you would move it on, you know, eight directions. I mean, if it were just a button, that'd be fine. But it's because the circle pad, they definitely have to nail that really well. And then there's those two buttons on the bottom. I mean, are those like start and select? Is it the screenshot button and the home button? Uh, What are those buttons used for? That's of my mystery right now. I don't know. I mean, I would imagine it would be the screenshot and home button, but then say if you have the regular Joy-Con on the right side, then that means you'll have two home buttons. So I don't know. That's kind of a (laughs) quandary. Hmm.
0: Yeah, more questions than answers right now. And I can see what you're saying about the circle pad. I wouldn't want to play like a first-person shooter per se with that because it feels like you would lack some of the control or like the depth of where you would look but for Mm -hmm. a lot of other games it would feel like a more casual type game it would feel nice so i could see it being like beneficial if it was a joy con we could switch in and out but then anytime you talk about interchangeable joy cons that leaves out like the switch Lite users because they can't just freely Mm, snap on and off their joy cons i mean i guess they could try but i'm sure that would void their (laughs) warranty um (laughs)
2: We're only Switch Heavy users. No Switch Lite. I'm just kidding. No. It's I ironic mean, coming from you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah I've, for those who may or may not know, I've joked about having 175 or 572 <laughs> Switch lights. Switch has never happened. I don't, I don't have a Switch light, I have a Switch Heavy, or excuse me, uh, a regular Switch. Switch Heavy is a term that was coined by a particular community member of our Discord, a good friend, a Napping Rat. With that being said, yeah, I, I don't know. It, 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 it would just we just have to see how what they do, and or maybe one of those buttons is a streaming button where you can press it and you can start streaming. I don't know. I mean, there's they could add new functionality, so we'll see ah, where yeah. it goes. Yeah, you hear it, in Nintendo. Uh, you can pay me in royalties. <laughs> no, no, no.
0: You can pay me in switch lights. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, man. So I think that about wraps us for our news items. And real quick, I briefly mentioned it in the intro. This month we are, and actually extending into the end of next month, we're playing through RPGs as a community. And so we've kind of expanded the game of the month idea and we turned it into a genre of the month idea. And Mm -hmm. so it's like totally open. Anyone can play any RPG. And then we're going to get together at the end of the month and talk about our experiences. But there's been... A little bit of confusion slash discussion between like what an RPG actually is because that line just becomes thinner and thinner as time goes on. So I just wanted Mm -hmm. us to briefly go on the record, recorded, try to explain what an RPG is that makes it different from any other game or game with RPG elements. And then at the end of April, once genre of the month is over, We'll kind of revisit this topic and see if our opinions change as we played through the games. So do you guys want to take a stab at trying to define an RPG?
1: Yeah, sure.
2: I actually, so I'm going to quote from Techopedia.com, if I may. There is actually one definition that we can start with. So shout out to Techopedia. What does role-playing game or RPG mean? A role-playing game is a genre of video game where the gamer controls a fictional character or characters that undertakes a quest in an imaginary world. So that's a very generic slash general definition of a role-playing game. Obviously, there's a lot more to that, but we can start with that. Um,
1: To start with that, the first thing that I think of when I think of an RPG and it is in that definition, I would say it has to have a deep story. Mm -hmm. You know, there's some RPGs out there that don't have a deep story. (coughs) Pokemon. Oh, excuse me. Uh, But again, we're we're talking about different factors that that an RPG game has. So it doesn't always have to have all of them. But personally, the very first one that I think of is a very deep story, very emotional, very moving.
0: I agree that's actually what I put down for my first point as well and mm-hmm. really in the name role playing game you're, you're supposed to be playing some sort of role in the story and right. so I feel like that almost implies that there's a fixed ending to the game I know there are games with like slightly different outcomes with an RPG mm. like you can go through and play a slightly different way or acquire a different item and it gives you like a slightly different ending but there's really only so much control you have over the story as you progress through it and you're just playing your part in it. And I feel like in the background of all this story, because a lot of video games have stories like first-person shooters can have stories, um, exploration games can have stories that doesn't necessarily make them an RPG. I feel like RPGs have some sort of like stat sheet behind the story where you've got like a number or an attribute for attack, defense, special attack, special defense, You've got like a leveling system. You've got equipment that has different levels and stats. And so it really pulls from kind of the Dungeons and Dragons type vibe of having equipment or party members with different numbers, different levels attributed to them. And you then leverage um, those numbers and advantages that you have to progress the story.
2: And that's what's really the number one, right? The story. And and actually, I have, a, have my notes here with that. Uh, the story dictates the, the game. It dictates the music, it dictates the character development, it dictates the setting, the scene, uh, even the combat system where you f- fight as these characters. Mm-hmm. The story, the, the plot is the most important part of an RPG because you're role-playing. I mean, if you're not role-playing, then what are you doing in this yeah. kind of game? So <laughs> that, to me, is an RPG. And, and you know, we played a lot of games I mean, different genres, like as Kellen mentioned, like first-person shooters, and all that. But you know, when you play an RPG, you know you are engrossed. You are you're into the story. That's what gets you in the first place. That's why you want to play it because with the story, you get to learn a lot of things within the game, within the realm of what you're playing. You know, different character traits, different qualities of a character that would be related to real life. Like you get to learn about betrayal trust depression anxiety all these different feelings and emotions and all that like that is that is really heavy but it is worth your time because hey it's an rpg and if you don't know what you're getting into well you should try one and
1: find out
2: (laughs) (laughs) no but yeah I, i yeah definitely the story is number one
1: yeah, and Kellen, I, I really like your point about sort of the leveling system that is tied to the role. Like you said a traditional rpg has an ending so you can kind of track how far you're into the quest or the main story by your level by the the items that you have in other games you know you have different weapons you have either more enemies or more challenging enemies but you're not really leveling up per se or at least that's more of an rpg element so yeah i definitely agree with that um the 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 stats in the game kind of add to the role and i think also a large cast of unique characters uh you kind of need that because you want different roles Um, the more characters you have they're going to be playing different roles and i think in a good rpg most characters are very unique that's why in pokemon they're kind of all the same (laughs) oh (laughs) man i thought
0: the jabs would stop when daryl left but geez he just (laughs) picked up the banner and you're marching along i think there is some
2: sort of there's a level of influence that has occurred especially in the earlier episodes and sergio's is just showing his true colors <laughs> <laughs> i won't say it's me it might be it might be daryl it might be both of us or other people but you
0: know <laughs> you know i think that's a really good point you made about the different characters with different roles though because that's definitely one of the points that i had down for an rpg and sure <laughs> like it bleeds into other games that can be pretty far from an rpg like i was thinking of even overwatch There's like tanks, damage, and healers, which is kind of like an RPG motif, but it's obviously not an RPG. And so I feel like to be an RPG, you have to have a collection of these RPG-type elements, but you have to hold, I don't know if it's a certain number, but like a plethora of them. Because different games always borrow from them. Different games will have skill trees. Different games will have different classes. They'll obviously have like a very story-driven narrative or even a leveling system. But I feel like when you combine enough of those together, that's when we start to call it an RPG. Do you guys Mm. agree with that? Or do you feel like there's still something that breaks the divide between an RPG-like game and an RPG?
1: Hmm. I mean, the, the more games that are out there and the more developers play around with mixing genres and elements from the different genres, it's very hard to, you know, really define that the line gets really blurry. But I think that's how it started. RPGs started with like a unique cast. I mean, we call them, you know, you have your party, right? Usually maybe four characters, sometimes not too many times, but sometimes it's less, sometimes it's more. And I think when it's more, it, it even adds to the to the different roles because you're going to play the game a certain way. You might not get a chance to really connect with all the characters in their roles, but that could encourage you to replay the game and have a different party or focus on different characters. That's a good point
2: because there's games like Children of Morta where you do get to use different characters and you get to learn about different characters and how they play. And and because Children of Morta is essentially this action role-playing Video game with roguelike elements, so you're wow, you so you have action and roguelike. Um, it I feel like as time goes on, we have all these genres mixed together, but within but the core is still an RPG. Mm. And I think that I might just retract back a little bit what I said earlier where story is number one. Story was number one when RPGs were still very early, but mm. now when we have all these games that are out that mix all these genres together, um. it it kind of becomes diluted and it's not always black and white. There's a gray area in in terms of like what an RPG is. Um, Essentially, if the publisher slash developer says the role-playing game, you should probably take their word for it. (laughs) Or (laughs) you take that with a grain of salt and then you make your own interpretation. Because like, for example, Diablo 2, Diablo 3, especially Diablo 3, I don't consider the story to be very good, Okay. I don't even consider, consider it to be a good game. No, I'm kidding. No, it's a good game. And uh but it relies so much on the action part more so than the role playing part where you're focused on like you guys mentioned the leveling up and the stats, but you're still role playing a type of character in the game. So point being, nowadays the genre has been very mixed with it's been very integrated with like different genres and it's it's good. Mm-hmm. It's it's a really good thing. I don't think it's a bad thing at all because a pure RPG may not sell as well nowadays but back then That's like true. back, back in the true. 90s like Final Fantasy 7 from 1997 like ooh, like <laughs> that that was one of the the hallmarks of an RPG you know and then as we get older and then we find out different games like George morta or even hades which is really <laughs> one of my favorites but you know you always you have all these genres mixed together and it's it's a matter of like personal preference of what kind of theme you want in the game so yeah.
0: yeah and i like what you said i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that games have different fragments of rpg games because anyone that's played an rpg knows that it can be taxing like you're playing 40 to 60 to 80 hours You have random encounters, you have to grind for levels, sometimes the story or a character you don't like, but you're stuck with them for like 10 hours. (laughs) And so when time's limited and there's so many games to play now, like you can open the eShop and there's just a million games that you can play, it's hard to really dedicate that much time to a game that has elements that you don't enjoy. So I think it's good that they're kind of picking different elements from RPGs and throwing them into games. It's kind of interesting as we're talking about different RPG elements we talked about games that clearly aren't RPGs like Overwatch and Children of Morda and Pokemon um, right it's just interesting that all those different elements are present in those games still but we know that they aren't RPGs but when we play like a true RPG we know it's an RPG and right. so I guess my overall question that I still have to carry throughout this until the end of April is What is that defining characteristic that makes something a true RPG? Because when I play a Final Fantasy game, I know it's an RPG. When I play, you know, any other RPG, I just know that it's a true one. Bravely Default 2, I'm sure as you're playing through, just feels like a true RPG experience. And so I'm not quite sure still what that defining characteristic is.
1: I may have an answer, but we're going to have to explore this one. Uh, maybe if the game doesn't connect with you in every aspect and you stop playing it, it really wasn't an RPG. Maybe that's a bit of a requirement, like because of what you said, since they take so much time, everything has to be spot on for you in order to keep at it.
2: So, Pokemon Sun, or excuse me, Pokemon Moon, to me is not an RPG because <laughs> I stopped playing it after a while. No. no, no, no. Yeah, I, I see. I like what you said, Serge, because. Um, I think to add to that, I mean, essentially, role-playing. Like, you are playing the roles of different characters. Uh, that in itself is, that's what defines an RPG. Because if you don't have that, if you don't have different roles that you can control, that you can that's use, true. that's, that's true. not an RPG. Kellen, you mentioned Final Fantasy, you know, the Final Fantasy games. You're playing Final Fantasy 8 right now. You are controlling different characters with different roles. Role-playing, role-playing video yeah. game.
0: Well, to play double's advocate, I feel like that's any game that has a character. I could play a first person shooter game and play as a defined character through a world to destroy someone. But that's not necessarily an RPG, right? That's still a first person right. shooter. Right? That's true.
2: And so our argument falls. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No No, but yeah, that's hard. See yeah, I oof that was a that was a terrible stab at it. But no, uh for, for me. Um hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's tough.
0: I don't know.
1: It's uh, you know, it's a challenge. That's why this is going to take us over a month.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. why we had to give ourselves all that time. Um, I think another thing that really pulls into RPGs that aren't necessarily an RPG element, but is more unique to RPGs, are the appearance of quests. Because mm-hmm. quests yes. are used to push the story forward, and they're like mainline quests that are really important, that maybe trigger a cutscene, or introduce a new character or kill one off, like all these different things can really happen in a mainline quest. But then there's also the kind of side quests that you can do, and they could be like fetch quests of going and getting an item and bringing it back for like 10 pieces of gold, or it could be going out and killing 10 of the same enemy in like the wilderness area. But I feel like that's something that's definitely more unique to RPGs that's kind of left to RPGs. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, that's true. And I mean, in a way, maybe they used it as a little bit of a distraction from the the main role of the game, the main story, the main quest. So yeah, I think side quests are, are a big part of RPGs. I think you're right, like a lot of games adopt side quests now. So maybe that's why it feels like it's lost from the parent genre that was RPGs.
2: Xenoblade Chronicles: The Fan Edition is a terrible example of side quests because there's so many of them. There's at least like ten thousand of those. I mean, I'm sounds me like that. a great example. It's a great well, it's a great example, but it's a ter- but it's it's terribly executed because a lot of them are just like fetch quests, and as you mentioned, and I, it, it gets tiring. But a game like well, let's go back to Final Fantasy. You know, like Final Fantasy. You know, let's say Final Fantasy VII, where there are side quests where you get to fight certain bosses. You get like these amazing mm-hmm. uh, weapons. Now that's worth your time because that's something that you don't have to do. You just do it on the side. So uh, I do agree that the side quest itself does get lost in the sea of games that we have today. Um, I mean, I think that it it is definitely a quality that role-playing games do have, but I just wish that side quests are more meaningful now because i don't like to do the fetch quest i don't want to talk to okay so i don't want to talk to i don't want to talk to like a husband and wife in bravely the vault 2 back and forth over something about lunch and forks and like making sure that the husband (laughs) is fed spoiler alert not really you'll find out later if you play the game but yeah it's like oh gosh, this is so annoying i mean and it's a decent joke but it was a waste of my time. <laughs> so
1: it's just like, come on, man. Like I don't want to play with that. Ugh. So like a good RPG should have maybe, yeah, I actually want to say like a limited amount of side quests, but because they're all significant and they all contribute to the lore or the characters or the story or like a side story, a little bit like a backstory in a way.
2: Yes. And I think that's important because you don't have to do it but if you wanna get more into like a certain right. character or, right. or, or or just like even the lore, which every role-playing game has a pretty good amount of lore that people tend to miss because they're so focused on finishing the game that's so time consuming. But for those who are more patient, um, well, I don't wanna judge anybody because like all of us have other things going on in our lives, but if you do have the time and you do want to do those side quests, it is worth your while. Especially mm-hmm. when these developers, these storytellers, they they put they put that extra one percent for you to to take into to look into do those side quests, and you find something that is just so, is just a revelation of of thought, and so those times are worth it. And yeah, side quests are amazing when they're done well, but if we right. just fight, fetch quests, just little things, I don't know, not my thing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think that's a pretty good starting point for trying to pinpoint what a true RPG is. Do you guys have any other points you wanted to add on to this recording we're going to be held accountable to?
2: I have one more, and it has to do with expectation. Um, Okay. So, Kellen, you mentioned earlier that when we play Final Fantasy, we know it's an RPG. But for someone who... May not know Final Fantasy to get into it. They may not know that they have to play it in order to experience it. And so when you when it's your first time playing it, um, you start to understand it's an RPG, uh, like like Pokemon. So Pokemon, like obviously we you know, <laughs> we've we've been we've been in it quite a bit unfairly at times. But for someone who's very new to the series. It could be a grand adventure of having monsters on your side and trying to be the very best it never was. But for us, who's played so many Pokemon games, it is the same thing over and over again. We get bored of <laughs> it. We want something different. So I think, expect- I'm not saying that's the defining moment of an RPG, but expectations do play a huge role in this. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's a fair point. And just one more
1: quick note uh, on something you mentioned, Kellen, because uh, you, you mentioned like some, a lot of RPGs have grinding. And I think, a very fun and engaging battle system has to be part of an RPG. Um, whether you need to grind or not, or even if you don't want to, but when when you when the the battle system is fun enough that you don't mind the grinding, I think that's a very good quality of a, of a quality
0: RPG. Yeah, I mm. definitely agree with that because I can struggle from time to time with the regular turn base waiting for your meter to fill up to make an action type battle system compared to more of like a more hands-on action-y type system like in a Xenoblade 2. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's a really solid point. I think RPGs definitely have that defined combat system where you can still run from battle, but you're kind of locked into it and there are certain rules you have to adhere to. I think that's definitely a big part of the structure of RPGs.
1: Right. Hmm.
0: Awesome. Well, as we go through and we play these different RPGs, please reach out to us and let us know what you think defines an RPG. I know we've had a lot of internal conversation about if a hot dog's a sandwich or not, but there are more pressing (laughs) matters at hand. Like, we can Uh, save that debate for another day, and let's try to settle this one, because it's definitely a head-scratcher. It's kind of interesting once you really dive into it.
1: So, another topic for this episode, uh, like we mentioned earlier in the intro, the Switch recently turned four years old, and it's been... A pretty interesting slash pretty great different four years but we wanted to kind of compare see which one of the four years we like the most which one had the the better games that we think of how we would rank them what game we would pick from this last year and maybe even speculate a little bit of of what we're expecting on year five which is pretty crazy when you think about it we're, we're still on the switch no really rumors of a new console it's more of a like the pro version of the same system that we love it's been four years, but I think there's a lot of future still.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. I think they've already kind of set the stage for it to continue in introducing games like Splatoon 3, and obviously there's a lot of speculation about possibly a new Mario Kart just because they brought over 8 to the Switch, and it doesn't necessarily have its like new Mario Kart game. So I think there's definitely a lot of room to grow. As far as what you initially said about looking back over the previous years with the Switch, um... It's kind of hard to rank them, to be honest. And I feel like some years flew under the radar. I think, honestly, one of my favorite years is year three, kind of hanging out there. That was the year that brought us Sword and Shield, Three <clears> Houses, <throat> Luigi's Mansion 3, Mario Maker 2, Astral Chain, Dragon Quest eleven, Witcher 3, Link's Awakening, and Ring Fit Adventure. There were some pretty heavy hitters there that kind of went under the radar. And I picked up my Switch a little bit. Well, not late into its life, because it still has a long ways to go, and I've had it for a while, but year one and two, those games were pretty much available by the time I brought, bought the Switch, so right, they were just right. like available games in the pool that I could buy, and so I enjoyed like your, the year one games, the Breath of the Wild, the Odysseys, and Splatoon 2, but year three is where I feel like I was able to catch up with the releases as they were coming out, and so it took a little bit of convincing for me to get into like Fire Emblem Three Houses, but I love that game and it's super solid. And then we got a completely different experience shortly after with Luigi's Mansion with Luigi's Mansion 3 mm-hmm. and Mario Maker 2. And I feel like this year brought a lot of variety in games and I felt like I always had something to play, but it was always also different. And I don't know, I mm. just feel like this year definitely flies under the radar because it's going up against like Year 1, Odyssey, Breath of the Wild. It's going up against Year 4, Animal Crossing and 3D World. So if I were to say favorite year, I'm going to go with the underdog and say year three. That's a pretty good choice.
2: I mean, Three Houses is one of my favorite games of the Switch. And as a uh, Golden Deer person out of Three Houses, (laughs) I've definitely had a lot of pride and a lot of um, energy into this game. So much so that I bought a Golden Deer Necklace on Etsy from a person who makes these from the UK. Uh, and I still have it. I'm not wearing it right now, unfortunately, but I have it <laughs> 22 feet away from me. And I, and Sword and Shield, yeah. I I mean, the first, what, Pokemon game on a console? Besides Let's Go, because that doesn't really count.
1: <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Excuse us for that. But, you know, I mean, a legit new generation of pokemon right and and, and that there you go. Mm-hmm. and i mean like i think daryl mentioned it a while back there was one time he logged on to switch and there were 25 to 30 people playing that yes. game and it's Jeez. like holy shoot that is crazy <laughs> so definitely i would say definitely under a year i, I wouldn't pick that as my year but I, that's a really good choice uh kellen
1: Yeah, I agree. It it was a good one. It was my second choice. I have it on on second place. But, I mean, I I definitely had to go with year one. The Mm. introduction of the Switch, you know, getting this brand new system that had been in the works for quite a while. I mean, the Wii U was dead long before the Switch came out, and everyone, everybody just wanted the Switch already. Everybody wanted a console that you could take with you and still enjoy pretty much the same experience. So when it came out with a hugely anticipated game like Zelda Breath of the Wild, and then it was announced that a new Mario game was coming out that year, which ended up being Super Mario Odyssey. We had Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which is arguably the best Mario Kart, even better on the Switch. We had a Splatoon 2, which was a, a huge sequel to a, an already huge game on the Wii U. Xenoblade Chronicles 2, ARMS even, Sonic Mania. Year 1 was it for me. I mean, it was it was an amazing experience. In, in a way, you could tell that Nintendo held off on supporting the Wii U for its later years, and most likely it was on purpose, and it was for so that the, the first year of the Switch did what it did. It was bonkers.
2: Yeah, and Sonic Mania is one of the most underrated gems of the Switch. I mean, you have like a collection of Sonic levels and they're just done so well. Um I've remember playing it every day and just having memories of like Sonic the Hedgehog 2 because there's certain levels from that. And yeah, I mean, that's my second choice though, unfortunately. Mm. My my I mean, I have to say and this may be a cop out, but Year 4 was my favorite. I I think that you know, oh. it progresses. You know, year one, yes, like that is like wow, like Nintendo's back. In my opinion, Nintendo <laughs> yeah, 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 good Nintendo's point. back. I mean, because I mean, let's 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 be honest. I mean, the Wii U, yes, there are a lot of games in it, but it did not sell as well as it should have. But then mm-hmm. year 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 one, then year two, year three, year four, like year four is just like the culmination. And I, I I'm gonna be honest, maybe the situation where we're in COVID helped a little bit, especially with Animal Crossing. I mean, what a phenomenal game even though it's not a complete game, according to Surge. But it is a very... <laughs> I mean, it was my favorite year where like, I explored different genres. I mean, Hades, come mm. on now. like Hades is so good uh, in, in my book. And there's even Paper Mario, which you know I never would have thought I would play a Paper Mario game, but I had such a great time with it. And then Clubhouse, where you have a collection of 51 worldwide classic games, had a chance to teach Mahjong to... Uh, some people in our community which is great so it's very personal and i think year four was just i think so my ranking is year four then year one then year three and then year two so that's where i'm looking at it
1: oh nice yep
0: yeah it might be a little controversial but i would say year four is probably my second favorite year right after year three mm. and i think a lot of that is again just being excited about the releases as they're announced and they come out year one's obviously great and it's kind of hard to put it as the third best year on the Switch out of four because it has so many so many heavy hitters. But, I don't know, I'm not a huge Mario Kart guy. I haven't finished Breath of the Wild. I loved Odyssey, and I like Splatoon 2. So, overall, personally, it's kind of a mixed bag for me. I can see if this weren't a personal ranking and it was more important years, year one's definitely going up there. But as far as personal favorites, it's in the third spot, and then year two just comes in last. I feel like they really exhausted in year one by getting out so many like great gems that in year two, they're like, oh, we played all of our cards in our hand. So now let's port over games from the Wii U. Let's bring over um, Treasure Tracker, Tropical Freeze. Let's bring over a Mario Party game that's not very good. A Mario (laughs) Tennis game. And Smash (laughs) is like a big deal. Octopass is a big deal. But I, I don't know. It just feels like at that point they were kind of scrambling to find something to give themselves some coverage
2: hmm I think that Celeste was probably the best, <laughs> the best game in year two, <laughs> I have to be honest. Or in my opinion. Um, Celeste is just an amazing gem. I mean, you have such a very encouraging positive game that just pushes you to be better and to never give up. And the music is phenomenal. And I mean, shout out to Lena Rain. I mean, what a incredible talent. And yeah, I I'm a big fan of tennis aces, Mario Tennis Aces, but yeah, it didn't really carry Year 2 as well with that as much, and Pokemon Let's Go, yeah, it's nice to be able to have that, um, but, I mean, in the end, Year 2 wasn't as good as I thought, but it was still, I mean, still decent, so...
1: yeah. It was like a the necessary follow up to year one. I mean, they, they had to put something out, right? And yeah, like uh, Kellen said, they kind of exhausted the big hitters for year one. Um, my personal ranking is year one, year three, year two, year four. Really? And <gasps> wow! Animal <laughs> my, Crossing. My my issue with year four. I mean, it gave me it gave us Animal Crossing, which I love, but it also gave us a lot of ports. 3D World, 3D All-Stars, even though it's three games, but it's three ports, you know, uh, Pikmin <laughs> yeah. 3. Clubhouse kind of feels like a port and not, not even a very good one. So it's like, yeah, the games are good, but there's no, there's not that many heavy hitters, I would say. That's that's the problem with year four that I have.
0: That's true. Yeah, I think that's a fair point, especially because I discounted year two so much for having different ports I think these ports were personally more exciting for me, so that's why I rated them a little bit higher, but I think that's a really good perspective on what year four was. So obviously this year was just totally unplanned from what anyone had anticipated it being, and that kind of played like a decent role into what releases came out this year as opposed to like future years now. Maybe plans got pushed back a bit, and that's why this year turned out the way it did. But looking forward... um, what are you guys kind of expecting for year five? Um, do you think anything got pushed from this year into next year? What do you think it'll look like?
1: Hmm. I don't know if anything that I'm looking forward to got pushed back, but like honestly, this year is shaping up to be Pokemon bonanza extravaganza. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> <Extravaganza>. We we <laughs> we have we have. Uh, Uh, new pokemon snap in april we're gonna have the remakes of brilliant diamond and shining pearl uh, during the holidays i'm really hoping that legends Arceus makes it early next year so that it can count as year five of the switch so that would be uh, basically any time between january and february man i doubt it but i hope so and i mean yeah even pokemon unite you know (laughs) Yeah, you gotta count that thing.
2: Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> playing that, right? Because we're united under a Pokemon world. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh, jeez. So my take on this is that there are two indies that I want to hopefully play this year. One of them is Sports Story, which is a sequel to Golf Story, which is one of the best Ooh. games on Switch. Um, I think it released in year two. Um, and then there is Eastward by Chucklefish. So Eastward is this... Well... From the, the official Nintendo the, the website, it's it's pretty much you're in this charming, beautifully detailed post-apocalyptic world where a miner discovers a mysterious little girl named Sam deep underground in a secret facility. So you you're going through just this weird world, and you're just I think it's kind of like um, it's a it's like an action adventure role playing indie. Ugh, that's a mouthful. That's all I did <laughs> on the website. You can quote me on that. So yeah. Um, that's going to be something that I'm looking forward to because I love Chucklefish games. I mean, look, Stardew Valley. I'm not going to get into my thoughts about that game, but it it's a really good game. And I think that as the Switch ages more and more, the indie movement is going to get better and better. And I think that year five, we're going to see a lot more indies come out and just come out of the gates and show us true colors. And so I'm looking forward to the indie side more so than the first party titles. I do want to get a Pokemon Snap. I do want to get one of the, you know, I think brilliant diamond or I keep forgetting the pearl one. Is it pretty pearl? I don't know. It's
1: <laughs> I wish shining pearl, <laughs>
2: shining pearl. This is how much of a fan <laughs> I am of <in> Pokemon. So <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. So that's my take on that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you brought up indies because they really feel at home on the Switch and. For the longest yes. time, I thought indie developers were almost reliant on the Switch, but at times it can almost feel like the Switch is relying on indies to kind of fill those gaps where, you know, the Celeste or the Hades come out on the Switch, and it kind of gives Nintendo some breathing room between big first-party releases, which is really important. Um, it's kind of interesting because going into this year, everyone talked about it being the year of Zelda, and here we are talking about po- Pokemon and indies. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm still right. expecting it to be a heavy Zelda year. But I'm curious when we're going to start to catch wind of a little more of what's going on. Um, Obviously, we know about Skyward Sword coming, but it's just so heavily speculated that we're going to get some sort of collection akin to the Mario collection that we got or just other remasters of previous Zelda games. Um, I still feel like that'll be the defining mark of this year once we look back at it and do like another Mm. retrospective of this year. But I don't know if it's going to be as defining as I thought it would be.
2: It might be a surprise. Maybe around the same time as E3 would be out, depending on whether there will be an E3 or not, hopefully there will be in June, uh, maybe they'll announce something about Zelda. We don't know. But I, I, I would think there would be a surprise. Um, but yeah, I just, the future of this the, the rest of the year is a mystery. <laughs> but we do have games like Great Witch Fall 2, and I think No More Heroes 3 is coming out this year. And we have Monster, Monster right. Hunter Rise, which, Sergio, you're playing. Yes. Can't wait. Uh, there has been talk about... Oh, and there's Mario Golf Super Rush. We can't forget that. That is a Mario game,
1: a legit Ooh,
2: yes. sports Mario game, which uh, a lot of people have been
1: clamoring for. So, And a lot of people have heard of golf. <laughs> uh, yes. And if you haven't heard of
2: it, you, we can go for a walk. <laughs> and, I'll exp- and I'll explain it to you. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, anyway. Yeah, so I think the stage has really been set for a solid opening to this year, and I think it's just going to continue to snowball. I think we're going to see a lot of releases that we weren't necessarily expecting to see that they've been working on for a while and just haven't been able to round out because of how this year went. So I'm pretty high on this year. I'm hopeful. I'm a little bit optimistic. Um, Well, I'm trying to be carefully optimistic about this coming year, but I'm definitely optimistic Mm. about it. I think it's going to be... A great one for the Switch. I think just the nature of the console, it reaches more demographics than other consoles do. Because to have an Xbox or a PlayStation or like a PC gamer, in my mind, they just seem a little more dedicated because they're tethered to their machine at their TV. Whereas with the Switch, it kind of it still has dedicated gamers, don't get me wrong. But it can also appeal to more of the casual group that just wants to play um, a smaller game handheld like while the tv's going or on the bus on their way to work or different things and so i think we're going to see a lot of variety in the games but we're also going to see like really mm. high quality games come out as well
2: yeah and you nailed it on the, the head like the key word is versatility and nintendo has the, the switch has been so versatile in yes. how you play how you want to like why you want to play certain games the way you do like whether it's handheld or tabletop or docked um, you know there's this, there's this those those different ways to play and it is a considerate machine that allows the player to use it however he or she wants we have very busy lives where you know we're three adults and we have like different priorities and we don't always have a lot of time in the world to play all the games we want but with the switch it makes it easier on our lives to still get into gaming and and have that joy without sacrificing the other things that are in our life, and I think that's very important. I don't think we talked about that before, but I think that is the the hallmark of why the Switch is so revolutionary in the mm. gaming industry. And there has never been anything like it. And if they, you know, I I don't know how they can further revolution revolutionize gaming, but this is really good. So
0: yeah, yeah yeah I agree so do you guys have any final thoughts on looking back at the Switch and it's life? it's awesome (laughs) (laughs) couldn't have said it better Um, but I do want to leave this topic with one final question if you guys could only play one game from year 4 and you had to delete or destroy your Switch cartridge for all all other games released during that year which game would you keep and keep playing?
1: I'm going to say Kevin and I are going to have the same answer
2: (laughs) (laughs) 80s, right? Yeah. Clubhouse? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Animal Crossing. No. <laughs> of course. Animal Crossing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I it's just it's never ending. It's 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 socially stimulating. <laughs> I'm just reading off the genre. <laughs> it's just <laughs> No, but for real though, it 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 cultivates friendship and different um, aspects of life that I have never imagined would be possible in a game like Animal Crossing and i think that i mean look i've already spent at least 375 hours into animal crossing you can see it on my switch it's already there like 375 hours or more and i'm not ashamed of that i've spent every every hour every minute of animal crossing has been just has been a great experience um i think that i can go on with this game for a long time but yeah i mean it's just it is like a sandbox for social simulation that really um, brings a lot of positivity in our lives, and that's really important now, especially during COVID. During, um, yeah, during COVID. So, yeah,
1: yeah, it's true. Um, for you especially, I mean, there can always be nicer flowers.
2: So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm still trying to grow some other flowers and get rid of the ones that I don't need. So, you know, I mean. Nice flowers, bro. I mean, you know, we gotta, we gotta be able to keep them nice and and look. My houses are always welcome. I'm still looking for other ones, and uh, I have different villagers now. I'm gonna stop right here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, Kelly, are you also picking Animal Crossing: New Horizons? Uh,
0: surprisingly, no. I think oh. I'm actually gonna go a 3D world. I feel like the re- the replayability is definitely still oh. there. I still want to go through and collect a couple more stars and stamps. And having the online aspect, like Animal Crossing, obviously, I think kind of lengthens it out. So I Mm -hmm. think that's the one I'm keeping. And you know what? I'm going to hold you guys to this. You have to delete or destroy any game you didn't list. (laughs) Whoa! Sergio's like already eating his cartridges right now to get rid of them. Thank you.
2: Okay. Oh Oh, no. What's going to happen? Sergio can't lick his cartridges. (laughs)
0: And you know what? I'm not a hypocrite. I've already uninstalled Animal Crossing, so I'm all in on this challenge.
2: <laughs> that's because you, you you don't play it that much. <laughs> wow. I mean granted you did you did
0: play it. Yeah, so I did. I, I gave it a shot. And it's a good a game. Like I can see why people like it. It's just not the one for me, so I hmm. just stand aside and watch you guys admire the game and I understand, but I just can't relate.
2: I thought you were gonna say big shot, but yeah, it's fine. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I mean... Well, Sergio, uh, have, did you want to elaborate on your choice of Animal Crossing?
1: Or... No, I mean, what I always say, and in, in some people, including Danny, have said that it's a bit of a cop-out, but Animal Crossing, it's an experience. It, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's a game, but it goes beyond that. Like you said, you engage with your friends, with a larger community out there, wherever you when you play like people when even our own discord there's always something going on trades stock market uh, people just visiting islands just to uh, play together yeah animal crossing is an experience and and it's it's been amazing yeah i've criticized new horizons a little bit but i've been thinking back on it and even though it doesn't have all the features that some of the older animal crossing games did i mean they did what they set out to do and. It, it, it's, it could be a good foundation for the series. It definitely changed things up, especially being able to decorate outside. So the goal was achieved and a lot more people are playing and loving Animal Crossing. So the, that that's a big uh, kudos to the developer team.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's definitely a solid answer if you were to carry one of these games forward. So definitely understand that one. Awesome. Well, I think that'll about wrap us for this week. But before we go, Sergio, do you want to revisit our question from last week.
1: Yes, our kind of heavily ignored question. (laughs) We only had one answer. So yeah, last week we asked, (laughs) last week we asked, turn your first or middle name into the most RPG sounding name you can imagine. And we kind of figured that maybe people didn't want to use their real first or middle name. We probably should have specified you can make up a name. But we do have an answer. Uh, Dragon, thankfully, told us my real name was originally meant to be Alex. So I think I would be the typical Alexander. But with some nifty subtitle attached to denote something of interest about me. Alexander the Fiery or... Alexander the Flamebringer. Ooh, Ooh, I like that one. That's it, Dragon. You got it.
2: That's that's a that's a that's a spicy, delicious right there. Yeah. That's yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no other answers. Uh, for me, I'm actually I'm going with my middle name. Yes, I know. I I don't like my name. That's why I'm going with it, so I can fix it. <laughs> um, we're gonna give it like a a, a little bit of Frenchy to it. We're gonna give it a French accent, so it's gonna be Albert. And we're going to add a little bit to it. We're going to make it Albert Dubois, which is Albert of Wood. Uh, Apparently, this is already a character in something called Phineas and Ferb. But I had no (laughs) idea before this, so it doesn't count. I am Albert Dubois. (laughs) Oh,
2: that. I don't know what to make of it, but I like
1: that.
2: (laughs) Albert Dubois. Mm. Well, I would just be Sid. C I D. From the Final Fantasy series, because that is the most to me. That's the most RPG name.
0: How I've does ever... that relate to Kevin?
2: It 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 doesn't.
0: <laughs> Do we need to reread the question?
2: Oh, I know. Okay, okay. So look, I, uh, okay, so it's not Sid. I would say Cloud, but with a K, because you know. Oh, there you go. Cloud is the most recon- one of the most recognizable RPG names of all time. But it'll just be caught with a K because, it, you know, names with K, like Kevin and Kellen and, and K.K. Slider. Slider, you know, they're all really awesome. And that's all I got.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Well, Kevin stole my answer because that was the clear one. Oh, um,
2: no. <laughs>
0: no, I'm just kidding. I've been thinking about this non-stop when I haven't been thinking about your other soul-searching questions from last week. <laughs> and honestly, I'm not sure. The only thing I could really come up with was, like, Colonious, because that kind of takes my name and makes it, mm. like, not necessarily royalty, but, like, in line for the throne. And I feel like that's, <laughs> like, a pretty RPG-type experience where you're, like, the prince and you find out your dad, the king, yeah. is evil and you have to, like, combat him and then... I don't know how the story goes. I'm I'm not very creative. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to go with Colonius.
2: I I apologize, but I just thought of something. You're a twin, right? So yeah. in Final Fantasy VI, there is Edgar and Sabin and they're twins and you're Colonius and then your twin could be like I don't know, Jeronius. <laughs> you guys could be these two the, the 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 two people who would ascend to the throne. And there could only be one, but you would make the sacrifice to be the king uh, forever because your twin doesn't want to, and your twin wants to have a free life. So he or she would be happy, and you would be, well, you'll just be king. <laughs> so hopefully you'll be happy <laughs> <laughs> because you have a kingdom, and you'll be awesome like every other person that starts with K. So yeah, I oh. Edgar and Saban, shout out to Final Fantasy VI, shout out to Squaresoft. I mean... Oh my god, that's I love that.
0: <laughs> I feel like you reserve those stories for music episodes, so that's that's pretty special that you busted it out for this one.
2: You know what, man, I it well, what can I say? I gotta I make it I make it count, so there we go.
0: <laughs> Needs more talking animals with very specific names and locations, but we'll work on it. <laughs> It's a rough draft.
2: The the polar bear stories have gone old. I might switch to a grizzly bear or maybe a sloth, but we'll have to see next time.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Remember, different roles. Different roles. Different roles.
2: roles. Role playing in (laughs) games. Role playing games. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) To actually put a bow on all of that to those listeners that aren't in our Discord, we're working on putting together an RPG styled music episode. So if you have any submissions, definitely send it <clears> to our email or reach out to us through social media if you have a track you want included. Um, we're just asking that the track comes from an RPG game, that it's not a remix or licensed music. So we would love to hear from you and take a stab at guessing um, what the song is, what game it's from, and Kevin will come up with some sort of story when he's gotten <laughs> the answer. It'll be a good time.
2: Yeah. Oh, that would be the typical me. <laughs>
1: I'm ready. <laughs>
0: Mm -hmm. nice and to keep
1: the rpgness going this week's weekly question of the week for this week what rpg class would you be best at and what rpg class would you be the worst at oh my god you're gonna give us two (laughs) answers
2: i can't wait but i'm not gonna say it now (sighs) gosh okay (laughs) cool
1: nice well thanks for listening everyone we're gonna jump out of here if you haven't already, join our Discord group. The description for this episode has a link to it if you would like to join. We are also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And check out our blog at nintendojump.blogspot.com. Send us any feedback you have at Podcast at gmail.com. The best way to support the show is through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash nintendojump or by leaving a review for the show in your favorite podcast application. This is Sergio, and on behalf of Kevin and Kellen, thanks for listening. We hope you have a great week. Bye bye.
0: See you
2: guys. <laughs> Or to stop it there. Kelman, please tell me you know this.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, good point. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh. Honestly, some of those notes were so high the call kind of cut out for a bit, so I don't
2: know. <laughs> oh, that, my, my
0: bad. But uh, for those who hear
2: me, I know this is Final Fantasy VIII the man with the machine gun Yes. Oh. anytime you play as laguna's party with ward and kiros bam! it always plays uh, oh, i'm not that scenes. far oh shoot i'm sorry <laughs>
0: it's alright let's get on out of here no
1: no this is gonna
0: encourage
2: him to keep going okay great music alright well thanks for putting a bow on that search cause that's <laughs> that's a very positive sign bye everybody stay safe
0: see you guys bye bye be safe from spoilers
2: I'm so sorry I thought you were (laughs) dead. Oh no Oh my god I've ruined your experience
0: (laughs) I'm just gonna delete it No, don't do that to me (laughs)